Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. Today in the studio. My name is Jeffrey Kluger. I'm the author of Apollo 8 and of the young adult version To the Moon, which I had the privilege of co-authoring with Ruby Shamir. The story is the story of the first human beings to go to the moon. Now, we often think of Apollo 11 as the first lunar mission, and of course, that was the first mission that landed people on the moon. But Apollo 8 was the first time human beings broke out of earthly orbit, went into orbit around another world, and to my way of thinking, effectively became a species of two worlds. I was a 14-year-old boy when this happened. I had followed the Apollo program and the Gemini program and the Mercury program and all of the unmanned programs since Sputnik was launched when I was three years old. For me, Apollo 8 was a transformative experience. It was something that woke me up to the enormity of the cosmos, to the grandeur of ambition, to the great things not just a country could do, but the great things a species could do when we simply decided to do it. Of all the millions of words President Kennedy spoke during his career, the most powerful was a single one-syllable verb, choose. He said in his speech, we choose to go to the moon. We didn't have to go. The survival of the nation didn't depend on our going. We chose to go because it was ambitious and outrageous and thrilling and somehow would elevate our nation and our species. I had that experience. I understood that experience when I was 14 years old. And I wanted kids my age, the age I was at the time, and even younger, to experience that as well. You know, when you're an author, you're a storyteller, but you are not the traditional old-world folktale storyteller who actually speaks the story aloud. So there's something thrilling and warm and uplifting and almost collaborative, sharing with the audience to tell a story out loud. And that's a very fulfilling thing to do. At the same time, it is exhausting, and it gives me an entirely new appreciation for people who do this for a living, to talk and get the words right and the rhythms right and the sounds right and not stumble over your words. It's a very, very painstaking experience. It's fulfilling, and the fatigue I feel at the end is one of those good fatigues, like after you run a marathon, but it's still fatigue, and I don't mind that it takes at least a couple of years to write a book, which means it will be at least a couple of years before I have this enjoyable experience again. I write down all of these words and sort of half pronounce them in my head and then realize they don't really come out terribly coherently if I try to say them out loud. There are a bunch of Russian names in this book, Nikolai Podgorny, and I'm still not sure if I'm pronouncing that properly. Funnily, there is also an American named George Muller, who was one of the heads of NASA, and his name was pronounced a number of ways, Mueller, Miller, Muller. I'm still not 100% sure. One other pronunciation of a very simple word, and that word is Gemini. 
When the Gemini program was first launched in the 1960s, that was NASA's two-man spacecraft, not a lot of people thought a great deal about astrology, or at least not as many people as do today. And of course, the word Gemini is in astrology. So it was pronounced Gemini. And to this day, people who grew up in that era, when they're speaking about astrology, will say Gemini. When they're speaking about the spacecraft, they will say Gemini, and the missions will be Gemini 3, Gemini 4. So for this, I decided to respect NASA tradition, and throughout, I used the pronunciation Gemini. It's very hard reading dialogue because I'm not an actor. I'm comfortable on camera. I'm comfortable in a microphone. I do some TV when I'm reporting a news story or talking about a magazine story. But acting lines comes a little less naturally. So there are some lines that I think I pulled off nicely and brought some character into. There are other lines that I think sound a little flat and I will probably be slightly embarrassed by it. In the privacy of my home, I flatter myself to think that I do a good Walter Cronkite imitation. My daughters find it annoying, as well they should. I do it all the time. So there is a little bit of my Cronkite impersonation here. I suspect it might not fool anybody. There will be very few people who will think it's really Walter Cronkite, but I'm sort of proud of it. This is a silly dream narrator because he has absolutely nothing to do with literature or space travel, but Franklin Roosevelt. First of all, FDR is one of my heroes. Second of all, he had this wonderfully jaunty facial expression. It was one of the things that made him such an uplifting character. And he had a wonderful jauntiness to his voice. He didn't have a voice with rich timber, what a radio voice needs, but I don't care. FDR was somebody whose voice alone I found very inspirational, so he would be my dream narrator. This is one that I wanted to be able to narrate partly because I will be telling the story to children. And again, my goal in this book is to have kids who are around the age I was when Apollo 8 happened tumble to this mission the way I did. So if I get to be the voice that conveys this to a young adult audience, that will be thrilling to me. But one thing I want to say one more time is that the ability to write a book for adults is a very different skill set from the ability to edit it and adapt it for kids. And my wonderful collaborator, Ruby Shamir, did that work. So if you hear my voice and you hear my story, You are also very powerfully hearing Ruby's very elegant work. Reading aloud was definitely an experience for me. When I was a kid, I was read aloud to a great deal. My daughters are now 17 and almost 15, so if I tried to read aloud to them now, they would chase me from the room with a rolled-up newspaper, so I will not do that now. But when they were much younger, yes, of course, my wife and I read aloud to them quite a bit. We read the great, very young kids' stories like Dr. Seuss. We read book series to them. I do remember when we started reading Harry Potter aloud, I read the first chapter of the first book, and my older daughter, who fell in love with it instantly, basically said to me, your work is done. 
I'll take it from here. And she read all seven Potter books within 10 months. She was, I think, 10 going on 11 years old. So sometimes reading aloud is simply what it takes to get the child's afterburners going, and then she will take it on her own. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.